Hello, my name is Sage and welcome to my true crime podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the Teed Cabin murders. Three days before Christmas on December 22nd, 1990 in Oakley, Utah, the Teed family went up to their cabin to spend Christmas. They were going to spend Christmas there in the snow together. It was snowing at the time. And the mom named the cabin Teed's Tranquility because of the beautiful, peaceful area it was described to be in. It was by a river, there were horses nearby, and the sound of birds were always in the background. The cabin was two and a half miles from the road, and in the winter, you would have to use a snowmobile to get to the cabin. The family at the cabin consisted of sisters Trisha Teed, who was 16 at the time, and Lene Teed, who was 20. Their mother, Kay Teed, who was 49, their grandmother, Beth Potts, who was 72, and their father, Rolf Teed, who was 51. The family decided to go out to the town nearby to finish up their Christmas shopping, so everyone that I just mentioned, they went out. But the first to arrive back home after shopping were Beth, Kay, and Lene. They got back to the cabin at around 12.30 p.m. It was minutes after them arriving back home that Lene noticed a gray flash dart behind the refrigerator inside of the cabin. She thought that one of her cousins were there already because more family was supposed to be coming up and that one of her cousins was there waiting to scare her. But then she saw that it was actually a frizzy-haired man who she did not recognize to be her family. He was wearing a gray sweatshirt and he stepped out and was holding a pistol up to her. Lene assumed that he just wanted to rob them and then leave, but that was unfortunately not the case because then Kay came to the top of the stairs from the back bedroom and there was a second robber who was described to have thick Coke bottle glasses and he was pointing a gun at her. Kay was saying, what is it that you want? Why are you here? I'll give you anything. But seconds after she spoke, gunfire started going off. Lene saw her mother go down and turned to see Beth get shot in the head and then twice more before falling to the floor off of the stool that she was sitting on. Lene pleaded with the murderers to let her call an ambulance for her mother and grandmother, but they instead decided to tie her up and they gagged her as they discussed what they were going to do with Kay and Beth's bodies. These two men ended up being Vaughn Taylor, who was 25, and Edward Deli, who was 21. They had committed crimes before. Vaughn was recently paroled in October after serving time for aggravated burglary, and Edward was recently paroled in November after serving a five-year sentence for arson. The two men had met at a halfway house, which they had left on December 14th. It was later speculated as to why they were not searched for sooner after leaving. The men finally decided to move the bodies out to the balcony and throw them over it. And not long later, Rolf and Trisha arrived at the cabin. Rolf said he knew something was off right away when they arrived. They were coming up in a snowmobile because, as I said earlier, they had to take that when it was snowing. And as the sound of them approaching got louder, Vaughn grabbed Lene from behind around the neck and put his gun to her back. Edward was outside and jumped out from behind the garage with a ski mask on and a gun in front of Rolf and Trisha and demanded for them to come inside.
With his gun pointed at Rolf, Edward demanded that he hand over his money, and Rolf proceeded to throw $105 on the ground, and Edward picked it up. Edward then raised his gun again to shoot Rolf. He cocked the gun, but didn't shoot it. Vaughn grew very impatient with this and just wanted it over with, so he pointed his gun at Rolf and pulled the trigger twice before it discharged the third time. This bullet hit Rolf right in the face, which caused him to fall, but it surprisingly, and thank goodness, it did not kill him. He played dead as he listened to the men discuss setting the cabin on fire. A few more shots were fired. It's not clear what these shots were or what they were for, but then the men were standing over Rolf, who was still playing dead, as they started to pour gasoline over him. Rolf also heard the men talking about taking the girls before hearing the snowmobile start and slowly fade away, getting further from where he was. Rolf then got up and attempted to put out some of the fires that had already started, but then he caught fire himself in the process. He removed the clothes that were burning and continued to try to put the fires out, but then realized it was too much for him to handle putting out on his own. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, someone close by had heard the shots and then saw two men fleeing with two women and decided to call the police. The girl's uncle, who was Rolf's brother, happened to be headed up to the cabin as the girls were heading down the hill with the murderers. He waved to them and said hi, but the girls didn't respond and acted as if they didn't know him, so he wouldn't get killed. Rolf then got on his snowmobile to go get help and rode down the hill where his brother happened to be. Then they used the brother's phone to call the police. Rolf was then taken to the hospital where he was able to pull through and live. Meanwhile, authorities were searching for Lene and Trisha as well as the murderers. The killers had directed the girls to drive them on the snowmobiles down to Rolf's car, which was at the bottom of the hill. They then all got in the car when the killers told the girls their plan, which was they were going to go to New York, flee the country, and then send the girls home, apparently. A deputy heard the report and then saw the described car heading south. He chased the car, which Taylor was driving, for 10 miles, and Taylor was going at speeds of more than 90 miles per hour. Taylor even drove through a roadblock, and then an officer from Kansas ended up joining the chase. Police chased them through winding mountain roads before finally firing at the vehicle, which in turn forced the car to pull off the road and apprehend the men. Then they both surrendered. Both girls were fine, as well as their father and the uncle. Vaughn and Edward were tried separately, and their outcomes were very different at the end. Both were charged with two counts of first-degree murder at first, one count of attempted first-degree murder, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, along with aggravated assault, theft, arson, and failure to heed to a police signal to stop. Vaughn Lester, who was a friend of Vaughn Taylor, said that Taylor had planned the robbery and the murder ahead of time and that the whole thing was so they could get the car and flee. So they were planning on fleeing anyway, probably because they left their halfway house when they were not supposed to. So basically the murder and everything, it was all premeditated and it was literally all to just steal a car. Vaughn ended up pleading guilty to the killings and other crimes and was sentenced to death. 
and he is currently at the Utah State Prison. Edward, on the other hand, decided to go to trial instead of pleading guilty like Vaughn and was then convicted of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 62 years. He is currently at the Central Utah Correctional Facility. A big twist in the case revealed in court was that on at least three occasions, Rolf had actually seen and personally assisted Edward. One of the times was he helped him get a three-wheeler unstuck on the mountain, which that is just crazy to me because he had no idea that this guy was about to murder almost his entire family. And also when Rolf showed up in court, both Edward and Vaughn were extremely shocked because they obviously thought that he had died. So that is the story of the Teed Cabin murders. This story is extremely gruesome and honestly just heartbreaking to think that this normal family who's just trying to spend Christmas together at a beautiful family-owned cabin and they ended up getting murdered. I mean, obviously not all of them, but the poor mother and the grandmother and it was said that it happened within three minutes of them arriving home and just that it was like that short period of time when everything changed and it's honestly just insane to me i hope that you enjoyed this episode of my true crime podcast please come back next week for another story thank you